Get him. Welcome, folks. Y'all come on in and make yourself at home. This here, well, this is the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Your home for all things Rolling Thunder. This episode is brought to you by Mossy Oak. Because everything is better in Bottomland. Kent Cartridge. Quality matters. Performance counts. Shen Gear. Waterfowl gear that is built better. And Benelli USA. Dominate the skies. Welcome to another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. We're rolling. This is the truck edition of the podcast. We've got uh, RT in the truck with us. Hey, what? the thunder's rolling. The thunder's rolling. We got Trip, and we have our our guest for this episode, Mr. Thomas Gilpin, with us as well. What's going on, guys? Hey, welcome to the show, Thomas. Yeah, thanks for uh, letting me ride along. What is the current um, rumble strip count? Does anybody have it? One since uh, we we just prayed before we ate. Yeah, okay. but was it seventeen prior to that? Man, was, I don't I don't remember the. Was total. that on the trip down plus the trip back, or was that just the trip back? Do I they roll over? That's the real over. question. Uh, just, just for context, Claire texted me and asked what the RPM was for the trip down. <laughs> um, rumble, rumble per minute. Okay, it's pretty strong. I, it's I, I've I've had my chops busted all day by trip, <laughs> and uh, you know uh, even even by my both of my daughters just a little bit. But mm. now Claire is on the train. Yep. I don't know about this. Unsolicited, she days. just knew we were in the car. Yep. And so she just wanted to check on us and see how we were doing. Making and, sure we were getting there. You know, what a gal. I mean, I just ate 12 hot wings while driving with my knee. I, I, was, so, in, I was impressed. Hey, I didn't even good. mention anything. <laughs> hey. I honestly thought you drove better doing that. <laughs> two, two hands on the wheel, one eye on the road. That's <laughs> that's right. That's how I roll, dog. That is how I roll. <laughs> we're I on our way y'all. back from West Point, and we've got a captive audience in Thomas Gilpin. So we decided we were going to take advantage of the time we had yeah. and interview this this rambling man. Yeah, and Thomas and Rob have been nerding out over just a wee rock bit. climbing for the last thirty minutes. And I was like, all right, all right, this, podcast. If y'all are going to do this much energy about, you know, exert this much energy about rock climbing, we're we're going to do something productive with this time. Of it. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen Fourteen Peaks, it's must see. You need to go see it. Or 180 degrees south, or free solo, or yeah. any of these other, or touching the void, or you know, there's there's a lot of them out there. So, <laughs> all but, right, Thomas, we want to know all about you. No oh, lord, what what did, where did you come from? How old are you? Oh gosh, and, I'm uh, originally from Columbia, South Carolina. I'm 36 here. years young. I we guess. love South Carolina. It's a great place. Not for the ducks, but we got turkeys and got everything else. That's about it. Yeah. So you're 36 years old and you do what for a living? I guide duck and goose hunts in Alberta and in Arkansas. Um, How many people after the age of 30 are still guiding waterfowl hunts? Only the dumb ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a young man's sport. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, do you feel old? Yes, I feel ancient. Yeah, I mean, when, when Thomas comes and stays at the house, he wakes up like an old man and sits on the couch and drinks coffee with me. <laughs> I was fixing to say, is he waiting on you? He's got to be one of the just few. Just depends on the morning. Few the proud. 
<laughs> That's hilarious. But so, how long have you been guiding? What and what kind of got you into wanting to do that? Oh golly, cliff note version. So, in sixth grade, my dad took me to North Dakota, and I laid in a rock pile with mallard floater decoys held up yes. with rocks in a dry field. And this was like right when Mojo's first came out, so you can imagine yeah. how mm. wild mm-hmm. that was. And I looked up and saw like my first dry feed duck tornado. And I was like, man, the wood ducks just aren't going to do it for me anymore. <laughs> As a side note, if, you are, if, if you're from somewhere that ducks don't live, and you, there's nothing that's more North Dakota than trying to figure out how to hide in a rock pile amongst <laughs> oh, dry feeding mountains. Yeah, so like bad. everybody who's been to North Dakota and tried that has tried to hide in a rock uh, yeah, pile. Yeah, one hundred percent. And we were like fortunate enough, like you know, early '90s, mid '90s, nobody was up there. Yeah. Like you mm-hmm. wouldn't see a duck hunter, so it's not like it it is now, mm-hmm. to where it's just overrun and everything's posted. I mean. We had free rain on that whole state, and it was unbelievable. And you fell in love with North Dakota at that point. Oh, I mean, man. Like, I graduated high school and moved out there. I went to college there. Wow. Uh, what did you major in in college? Wildlife, biology, and fisheries, believe it or not. Went to school one day a week, which <laughs> was Friday, and I turned my papers in and just hunt. Like, it was bad. <laughs> did you go? Where did you go to school up there? Oh, man. Now you're making me tell secrets. Oh, you don't have to say, you don't have to say all that now. I, I went to school in a little junior college. Oh, uh, okay, cool. little town called Botno, North Dakota. It's like six miles below the Canadian border. Wow. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's so crazy. Would y'all get up there and go hunt in Canada when you were a my, student there? Yeah, so my first trip to Canada was 06, and that was with some buddies from school, and we'd skip two weeks of school and go up there and hunt. And Lord knows how I graduated. Lord knows how I f- did not fail out, quite frankly. Man. Um, and th- this puts it in perspective. Like, I was able to keep my shotgun in my dorm room. Things it's a little different now. A little bit. A yeah. little bit. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was a different world up there. Yeah. I actually went to jail in North Dakota for <laughs> possessing a firearm one time. And you had one in your dorm room. That seems yeah. really uh, yeah. not it's fair. Kind of, no, it's not. <laughs> oh. So, can the mugshot please be the thumbnail for this episode? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be pretty good. All right. I shouldn't have brought that up, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, so, talk a little more about college because you did some pretty cool um, research projects and or participated in some in yeah. college, right? So, like for our wildlife biology labs, there's a big uh, refuge up there. And since I don't hunt there anymore, I will be more than happy to tell the world um, the I refuge, wish the world was listening to this, but there's probably, probably not. Only a couple hundred <laughs> duck hunters. <laughs> well, get your pen and paper out because the refuge is J. Clark Salyer. It's above, it's like 70 miles above not, Minot. Uh, it's pretty much straight north. And we'd, for our biology labs, we'd band like five to 7,000 mallards a year. We'd put backpack telemetries on them and pretty cool to see what they did and how yeah. often they'd actually come out of Canada and then go back up into Canada mm-hmm. like and just back migrate back and forth mm-hmm. or movements wow. really it was it's pretty incredible there's some really cool stuff about all that that the 
we've started to see in recent years with the remote transmitters, you know, and we, in our simple-minded thinking, we tend to think that they just, you know, fly 100 miles, take a break for a day or two, mm-hmm. then fly 100 miles, and they're just, like, it's progression, but... I mean, some of that stuff that Paul Link is putting out and that Doug Osborne's putting out. Pretty mind-blowing. Yeah, like they just stay somewhere for two months and then pick up and fly a thousand miles. And, you know, yeah. just or so gosh, much we don't only understand. fly as south as they literally have to. Yeah. Like, they'll yeah. hang on oh, with yeah. their freaking toenails until they have to leave. And then they'll go, you know, yeah, to right. the next open puddle. Staying ahead of the frost, yeah. It's pretty cool. And this crazy, like, the technology changes. So, like, these backpacks now not only just tell them where they're migrating, they tell them what that bird is doing yeah like is it flying is it feeding wow like head up head down yeah, resting. Like yeah. it is unbelievable the technology yeah. now it's essentially an iphone yeah on their back it I is mean, it's unbelievable so right out of college did you start guiding or did you did you foray into any other um so adventures or nobody really knows this about me but like i after i graduated from north dakota i moved back home and finished a four-year degree in biology and chemistry and then for a brief moment of like two years in my life, I thought I was going to be a special needs teacher. And I did that for two years. Wow. Really? Um, worked with autistic kids. And, man, I, it was fun, but I got tired of working inside after being in the prairies. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, I called a college buddy that I went to school with. And he was guy. He was a snow goose outfitter there in Missouri. His name's Shane Erdman. And I was like, hey, man, I need a, I want a job. So I worked with him in Mound City. Well, oh, the, my word. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. where you cut your teeth? Yeah. Running white goose nuts. Oh, my lord, yeah. Like, <laughs> grinding. It, it was fun. Mound City, I think, is where, like, if you look up, you know, we make fun of goose hunters for using the word grinding and your grinders, oh, all that a, kind of stuff. A grind. Like, I think if you look up grinder in, that picture in pops Noah up. Webster's Dictionary, <laughs> like, yeah. one of the definitions is a snow goose running snow goose hunts out of City, Mound Missouri. City. Wow. So, so, like, after that, I was like, man, I got to figure out a way to extend my year. And obviously, like, birds migrate north for the winter or for the spring. And, well, I reached out to, like, say, 25 outfitters in Saskatchewan. And a guy responded to me in places that I used to fun hunt mm-hmm. around the Quill Lakes. And I, he gave me a job in the spring, and we hunted till like, the 14th of May. Wow. Wow. And, is it, uh, sorry, not to cut you off, yeah. up there when they're coming back, tell me, is it like the same, con- once you get that far north, are you hunting them the same way as you no, are when man, you're down in Arkansas? Not at all. So, obviously, you're trying to hunt like your hot feeds, and uh, you are hunting your hot feeds, but they don't act like your typical Arkansas snow goose. It's almost like hunting big Canada's. Mm. And the adult, really? And the adults play. Really? Yeah. And is it is it big spreads or... Man, like micro stuff, like 300, 300 egoists. Oh, that's yeah, it's, it's good for it's, you. It's uh, good for the guy. Nice for change sure. of pace for yeah. sure. Maybe when we you need say to go up there this year, <laughs> I, it's something I'd like to try. <laughs> like, I don't like you should do it. Honey, it's, it yeah. but above it's, the Canadian cool. border is the one place I I'm okay with snow goose hunting. Yeah, the yeah, it'll have to be a year where all the turkeys decide to stop gobbling, like April twenty fifth yeah. for mm-hmm. me. But you guys are welcome to go and. <laughs> Some uh, pictures. <laughs> yeah, I'll loan you my shotgun and even buy your shells. That's uh, when when you say the the adults want to play. I mean, do they? No, they decoy. Like that's what I'm saying. Are they coming low like oh, like yeah. honkers would? 100%, I mean, just one hundred percent. Like God. very rarely. I mean, you will get like your big 
flight geese. Yeah, but they're, for sure. But, but these are rolling off of a lake of a roost and right. I mean, coming to feed. Oh yeah, fifty it's, feet off the ground. It's killer. Yeesh. And if you you're into that kind of thing. And you want to get get even with them, so they say. After the adults are mean to you all 18, year, that's two. Like, yeah, that's two. Two since the beginning of the podcast. Really? It's okay. I thought hey. that was one. I no, was going to give you a little bit of credit. Intro. Yeah. Jeez, it's all right. But anyway, getting even with them in Saskatchewan. Yeah, it was payback. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. great. I mean, put it this way: like you shoot bands, and they're like twenty years old, so you so are they're literally adults. shooting adult snow geese yeah. from here to the hood that's of your cool, truck. Though. Jeez. It's so, pretty cool. So you did the first year you worked as an outfitter, you worked in Mound City, and then you worked in the spring snow in Canada. And then I went back up to the same same place in the fall. But so I don't know if anybody has ever heard of Hoot Gibson, and I'm sure you I'm sure you've heard of Hoot. I have. So I met Hoot up there after we were done guiding In Canada? In Canada. But he we hunted, I was hunting with Jim Jones, psilocyte decoy guy. And they were all up there in Melford uh, chasing white geese. And I went up there and hunted with them and hit it off with Hoot. What and year is this? About this 09? Uh, 10, 11? Something like that. I, it's They kind of all run together. I mean, at I that point, psilocytes were kind of like the only game in town. The only, well, yeah, other than like. That was, was not it, a rumble strip, by the way. <laughs> that's a guy with a. Rice rocket and no muffler or something right. like that. This is when like the two-piece Avery <laughs> snow goose decoys were a thing. Yeah, you know, or like yeah. the the Let's old. Get a sound file real quick. Yeah, there he goes again. Also, yeah. not a rumble strip for those of you at home keeping <laughs> count. But uh, Hoot gave me Hoot was like, man, you need to come down and you know shoot specs in Arkansas after you get out of Canada. And I was like, okay, well, I, I don't know how to blow a spec call, and I've never guided a spec hunt in my life. Yeah. The first spec hunt I had was my <laughs> first guided trip. Clients, yeah. <laughs> like, wow. And, you know, I figured it out. Get fed with the wolves. You sink or swim. And, yeah. Uh, I didn't sink. So you did that with Hoot for a few years. Yep. Little, little known fact about Hoot, for those who haven't hunted with Hoot, he's the guy that had the pair of uh, giant white standard poodles, right? Oh, yeah, and the typical poodle haircut, too. That's like little like white balls on their butts and, and stuff, bu- like hilarious. <laughs> and he'd run them out in the field? 100%. Oh, That's yeah, retrievers. Awesome. 100%. Yeah. And good, too, dog, right? I mean, they decent yeah. dogs? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a poodle. They're smart. <laughs> it's a poodle. I love it. <laughs> kind of feel weird hunting next to one, but. <laughs> oh, that's But good. if anybody doesn't know Hoot, Hoot is like the the OG of Arkansas, Arkansas goose hunting, yeah, like no period. Doubt. Like he was the first. The he was original decoy snow goose hunts. He tested the e collar with wow. with the fed with the feds to see if it actually made a difference. Jeez. He was that guy. They'd have a timer in in his blind, like th- for thirty minutes you got to use it. For thirty minutes you didn't. And if there was a flock of geese working and the thirty minute timer was up, you had to cut it off. Mm. So wow. he was the one that was testing that. And he, he uh, ran hunts out of Stuttgart, right? Or South of Stuttgart, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, that's crazy. Um, super cool. So, so after that, what did you do? Uh, moved up north to Wynn and worked for an outfitter up there um, for Lord knows probably like seven years or so. And speck hunts and duck mm-hmm. hunts and not like timber hunts, you're, you know, rice fields mm-hmm. and stinky pits and then like the conservation stuff obviously yeah and now most recently you and cole have old dog outfitters yep. right yep. how'd that come about 
I got tired of work, working for somebody and making somebody else money. Um, I was doing all the work, like, why not do it for yourself? I met Cole in 2017. Uh, he was, a, I think he was still playing baseball for Little Rock. And uh, he came on a hunt and just so happened, like 2017, if you're a snow goose hunter, you know what that year was. It was an incredible hatch year. And a lot of silverbacks. Yeah. Uh, we beat the you-know-what out of them. And yeah. we kind of just kept in touch, you know, hit it off, whatever. And um, maybe a year later, an opportunity came to buy some allocations, and we kind of put our money in a pot and bought it. Figured it out. Yeah. Uh, and that was 2018. Yeah, Our first year was the year before COVID, which Oof. was brutal. Like, epic first year, you know. Like, we did – it was fantastic. You know, hunting was great. Had great clients, great support. Yeah. And then COVID comes and kicks you in the teeth. Man. So, so how good was it to get back up there last year? Oh man, I was there during. Out? I was there during. Yeah, they went. I went. They oh, y'all just, just went and hunted and just. Yeah, I, I lived in. We lived in a single wide trailer for two weeks and didn't get a yeah didn't get a vaccine quarantine right hundred percent. I mean, y'all hundred percent. And I'm telling you, that was the the quarantine part was terrible, but the hunting was that epic, rumble man. strip is a semi truck from Crete <laughs> Carrier Corporation, not me. <laughs> So you were able to like literally let a field build up, sit in the oven for a week. Wow! Just like, oh man, this one's—I don't want to hunt this one. The wind's not right. We'll go hunt this one. Jeez! And it was—and there was nobody up there. Nobody. We had the prairie to ourselves. I mean, which is really great because we were able to continue building our connections with our landowners, our farmers, and and all of that. I would love to hear some of the conversations they had after y'all left. Like these crazy Americans. Oh, I'm yeah. (laughs) I mean. Yeah, they already think we're crazy. We're coming up there to shoot birds. Uh, they think I mean, you're nuts. <laughs> they they knew y'all were nuts after that <laughs> yeah. year. <laughs> so that I mean, it was we were able to book some some Canadian clients from there from Calgary. Yeah, and kind of quote unquote pay for the trip. So yeah, to speak. that's cool. So it was also really cool that we were able to. I'd been going up for a while working, and I'd never been able to like truly see the you know mm-hmm. Canada. And yeah. I was able to go up into the mountains of the Rockies and to Alberta and BC and did a bunch of fly fishing. And mm-hmm. we didn't just hunt. We were kind able to kind of, yeah, it was yeah. Un- unreal. So um, when y'all had the opportunity to buy those allocations, you did. were you very familiar with that area? Oh, God, no. I looked at a map and I said, I think we can make this work. And we drove up, we flew up there and met with the guys and we drove around the allocations and I was like, man. We can make this work. This is in the off season. Yeah, this you're, was, a, you're this looking was at, in May. Yeah, you're looking at the components. Yeah, the water. I'm looking at water, water the, system, the grain. And yep. Wow. Like we got something that I've never hunted it before, but I really think we can pull this off. And, and then you found a place to stay, mm-hmm. keep your clients, and I mean, y'all made it work. Yeah, I mean, super fortunate. Everything just kind of really came together. Uh, That's wild. definitely the man upstairs looked out for us on that one. Yeah. Well, hustle tends to you know pay off and yeah. i mean that's keep saying wild. keep saying yes and doing it long enough hopefully it 
That's exactly right. You try hard enough, as long, long enough. As long as you're stubborn and put your head down, you'll be okay. Yeah. You either die or, <laughs> yeah. or you make it. <laughs> 100%. Uh, one part of your story that you just omitted is you, you, you had a stint in there for a while where you were in Costa Rica. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Surfing, right? Yeah, man. So, like, I'd, I'd work, I'd hunt 240 days a year, and, you know, around day, like, 200, you're, you know. Pretty, Done. Yeah, you're pretty over it. So, to recharge the battery, so to speak, I'd live in Costa Rica for four months, and I'd work at a taco stand and get paid in tacos and beer and surf all day. What was that like? It was pretty incredible. Um and, you know, funny funny thing about that is, like, oh, man, I'm about to own a business. I'll be able to, you know, buy a place down there. I'll yeah. go down there all the time. Haven't been back since. <laughs> when you uh, – how did you go down there the first time? Did you have a place to stay or did you – I mean, uh, was no, this just a- I just kind of flew down there. And I'd been there, like, my sophomore year in college. Just went down there for, like, two weeks and just to go surf or whatever. And it's like, man, I got all this tip money at the end of the season. I might as well – go down there and have a good time and like it was cheap man i spent two thousand dollars in like four months living off rice and beans and tortillas rice beans tortillas fruit mangoes fish tacos fish tacos man that's incredible that's awesome so the first time you went down there for that two week stint did you go just to surf 100 percent. so did you fly with the surfboard no i rented one down there the first time i ever went but you had just read that the, or, I mean, you'd I heard mean, red. I mean, everyone's just, seen the movie Endless Summer. I haven't. Oh, well, it's a pretty I mean, cool movie. I'm too busy going over rumble strips <laughs> and that. stuff like that. So, huh. Endless Summer is like a epic surf film from, you know, way back when. Okay. Uh, and one of the places they go is, is Costa Rica. And, and so you just had it in your head. You wanted to yeah. go check out yeah. surfing in Costa Rica. And I did. And it was... What did your mom and dad say when you said, I bought a plane ticket and I'm going to Oh, my, my dad's weeks. like, you're nuts. My mom's like, please go. I want to come visit. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> yeah, like, mom's a beach bomb. I'm a beach bomb, whatever. So it was, she was full support. Dad did she ever like, visit? She'd come down for a week every year. Yeah, a week every summer. It was fun. Dig any holes down there? No, no. no I was just about holes. to say, there's, what are you going to do after this weekend? Where, where are you and your mom going? Uh, we're going down uh, probably. You don't, don't have to drop it. Yeah, don't pins. give us any cord. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. You don't know. You, I don't know where to dig. It's all right. We're going about 40 minutes inland from Charleston to go dig holes and look for the fossil layer and look for big megalodon teeth. That's how did you? How did y'all even get into that? That's so cool. I was going to ask about that. So, mom has been like a beach bum like her whole life, and yeah. her her dad would wake her up like before the sun come up, and they'd go walk on the beach and pick teeth up. Uh, so course mom's gonna wake you up to take you to walk on the beach and look teeth out look pick up teeth sure um and you can you can find big teeth on the beach but not like these four to six inch megs and the, to put it in perspective like the megalodon is 60 feet long like your your biggest white shark is like 20 something like low 20s so this fish is three times bigger than a great white and a 20 foot great white is like a two foot a two inch tooth a 60-foot megalodon is a six-inch tooth. Six, ah. like our biggest one is like six inches by four inches. It's wide. like a dang dinner plate. Yeah, I it's mean, huge. it's huge. Yeah, the the yeah. picture you always show people, you're holding it up in front it of your face. Covers it, my it entire covers face. your face. Yeah. Wow. So for your mom, I mean, walking on the beach, finding shells, finding teeth. I mean, that's that's 
family roots and yeah, tradition for her. I mean, that's hundred percent. That's pretty cool. So y'all, you dig these holes? So pretty much, like, I dig these holes for my mom and then toss her in them. <laughs> <laughs> and she sifts through the fossil area. Like I'll dig her a hole and then I'll dig myself a hole and we'll sift through the fossil layer sometimes you pop a big one out sometimes it's a dud and you don't find one when you dig these holes do you have a do you have a favorite shovel i mean or do you have i mean it's a dumb question but are you just a doing a round one. a round tipped yeah just shovel? a round tip shovel a big one to start and then once you get in the layer you have, you don't want a big big shovel you'll get a little garden trial you so can tell when you get into the fossil oh, yeah, 100 uh, like just changes color the, consistency the consistency yeah. for yeah. sure I think Trip had a question. No, go ahead, Trip. Yeah. You're, we're live. You're, you're hot. Um, do you hand dig the holes? Yeah, me, me and the shovel. Really? Yeah. And they're like big. I mean, I've seen some Instagram videos. They're big Stanley Yelnats holes. They're, just, they're, they're like so like the shovel. deepest one I probably dug was like eight foot straight down. Yeah. I had to get a ladder to put my mom in and out of it. Gracious. Okay, this is dumb. Another dumb question, but eight feet down. How are you getting the sand from the bottom of that hole out? With a bucket, I'd lift it up over my head and hand it to my mom, and she'd dump it on the ground. And so she's on her knees again. at the top of the at yeah, the top of the hole, 100%. taking the bucket from you and dumping, dumping the sand it, out. And then passes me the bucket, and I'll fill it back up. So this is a multi-hour endeavor. Like this is a this is. A Keep in mind, it's like July in South Carolina. It's yeah. 110 <laughs> degrees and 110 percent humidity. Like it's hot, man. Then we got smart and started doing it in the dark. Yeah. This is this is so. why I'm fat. Because I don't do this. I mean, <laughs> that's funny. So y'all dig at night? Just now, now it's we dig bearable. at night just because it's you know a little bit more yeah, pleasant. A little more pleasant. Yeah, the, the night adds a little bit of extra adventure too. That's just that's kind right. of fun. When you when you, I mean, everything that came out of the hole, do you sift that or sane uh, it or? You know, know if right you were is. if you were to sift it, you definitely find some small teeth. But when I'm digging up. A hole as big as a hot tub. I'm looking for a big tooth. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever bump the big tooth going down with the shovel? And no, it breaks, and then you cry. Ugh. Yeah. That's definitely happened. So, I mean, every shovel full you're trying to be, when you get in the fossil when air, you're, you're in the fossil air, you're like an archaeologist, like barely just kind of scraping it, working away at it. Wow. Where, how did your mom go from walking on the beach with her dad to digging these holes? Uh, reading a book. Really? Yeah. She just read that that's where you yeah. find the big ones? and. Well, I mean, she knows that the fossil layer's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, and she she wanted to find them, and she read books and did some research. And, and you're digging these to, holes in places that it's not, you're not on the beach. Oh, Lord, no. You're you're, you're not on the beach. You do, for clarification, you do not take a shovel on the beach and dig a six-foot hole and find a tooth. That does not happen. Okay. And there's people that do it. And it's but like not you, the Gilbans. They just burn a lot of <laughs> calories. We don't, we don't do Move that. Move a lot of sand. Yeah, it's not smart. Are you doing this on, on public land? Or do you have you get permission? Like you, you know, for uh, a duck feed, you get permission to dig a hole. Yeah. So <laughs> you figure out, she, your mom, y'all have got ideas of where you think the fossil layer is closest to the surface, and that's where you're kind of targeting? Yep, exactly. What, what kind of other artifacts do you find when you do stuff like that? Are you finding, like, arrowheads? Are you finding, like, musket balls? Are you, I mean, so there's in places, that same process? There's places in, in Charleston that you can definitely find that stuff, like, sure. on, on the beach. Just because, you know, I mean, Charleston's full of... Yeah, a couple hundred old, years of history. Like, yeah, I mean, that's where wars were fought and lost yeah. and 
one and all of that. But you'll find, when you dig in those holes, you don't find that. You'll find like horse, like horse teeth, whale bones, hmm. uh, obviously wow. your, your sharks and stuff like that. Man. What, what do y'all what do y'all do with these? I mean, are you like putting them <laughs> in like put them on a shelf? <laughs> yeah, that's to say. <laughs> you just got you just have a little shark tooth shrine in the it's, corner. So of your, it's your not mom's little. House. I've seen pictures of it. it. It's not little. Mom has mom has like one little corner of the house designated for like her stuff, and my dad's pretty much taken over everything else. And her little corner of the house is no pictures of children. It's just you know shark's teeth. The big ones? The like big the ones. And then we have, like, for all the little stuff, we have these big jars we'll put them in. That's cool. Fill, the jar, fill jars up, fill the teeth. Wow. Some people collect sea glass. Others go like, dig up shark teeth. Yep. That's pretty awesome. That's crazy. When's the last time you surfed? Oh, man. Sad. I don't like thinking about that. Really? Yeah, it's been a minute. I mean, I'm gone. Yeah. I mean, in summertime in South Carolina, there's no waves. Like, that's all oh. hurricane, like big hurricane dependent and northeasters and all that stuff happens you know august september october november when you're in, in canada. and i'm in canada yeah so that just doesn't really happen much anymore so when you were living the surfer life i mean you watch the weather you're looking for storms and then you're moving oh, yeah, where I'd, you be think a, I'd be the fool that drove towards the beach <laughs> when the hurricane's coming yeah, jeez yeah. a little different now I've, I've surfed one time i bet you were good no, I never got up, I, but I, I tried. It was at Virginia, in Virginia Beach, yep. and uh, I was there working right after college, and some guys invited me to surf at dawn. And so we literally got on. Swimming with the sharks. It was crazy. But we got on a surfboard. It was pitch black dark, and we paddled out. Mm-hmm. I mean, way out, and there were no waves. Like, I don't know what – I don't know – I don't know what they were expecting to happen, and I can't believe that I was young and dumb enough to just, like, follow along. Oh, I've done it. <laughs> but, it's okay. But, I mean, we, I swam out there in the darkness, and we laid on top of a surfboard until the sun came up. It was wild. Like, mm-hmm. the sun came up out of the ocean. Pretty cool. And then waves. And then they started, well, I remember there were some waves, and they tried to surf, and I kind of, like, rode them in like a 10-year-old would on a kickboard, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was not very glamorous what I did. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they definitely surfed, and, you know, a bunch. But they just kind of waited. Like, that was their thing. They yeah. waited until the sun came up because they wanted to be laying out there in the – Dawn in Patrol. The, yeah, Dawn Patrol, yeah. yeah. That's my only foray into no, surfing. No shark experience? I've been bumped by them out there. Have you? That. No, oh, sir. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. been paddling across an inlet to get to, like, some barrier islands and have two fins pop up in front of you, disappear, and pop up behind you. What do you do? Just lay real skinny just, on top of the board? Just pull your feet out of the water and pray to God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. about all you can do. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. You're definitely in their uh, You're in their, their home, court. 100%. Yeah. I, I always think it's funny where it's when it's, like, shark-infested waters. Like, oh, yeah. We are in their place you know like 100 if somebody walks in your home and you're like these are halford infested you know waters <laughs> how it's a, little, it's a little different exactly but no then people are always like oh that you know sharks they don't they don't bite or they're like oh they're not they don't mean to hurt you it's like what yeah, the, but a 20 foot shark don't eat. mean to bite you it just takes your leg yeah yeah Even i'm not ham, an we're not shaking hands here <laughs> it's like you only got to be wrong once we've never had a shark attack here i'm right. the one i'm the guy <laughs> It's always going to be me. 
Yeah. Thomas is not scared of those sharks because he's like, I dug an eight foot hole and, and <laughs> found mean, a, that's why I should be scared found of them, a really. tooth that you would choke on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's cute. I met your granddaddy. <laughs> Jeez. That's crazy, man. So big fall, y'all booked up. Yeah, I was yeah we say, need we have we need a, one more date would be fantastic. September sixteenth through the eighteenth, the red light special. Heck That's of a the deal. grand opening at the shop. We won't be there. Uh, yeah, it won't be sorry. us. Yeah, but you're coming up later in November. Yep, so yep, yep. It'll be fun. What's uh, what y'all's hunting like? I mean, is it like everything you see in Canada, or is it you know do y'all shoot more honkers than ducks, or we, more? We, being where I'm from and where Cole's from, and our clients are all like from Texas up to mm-hmm. like the southeast, and everybody likes to shoot ducks. So we, we target the ducks, we shoot the ducks in the morning, and we shoot big Canadas in the afternoon. That being said, like, depending on the time of year, you can shoot your specs, but mm-hmm. our, our main bird is mallards and big Canada geese. How many um, miles is it from Charleston or Columbia, South Carolina, to wherever y'all hunt in Alberta? More digits than you have on the top of your calculator. It's a lot. It's a bunch I, of them. I think it takes like three days, maybe. When you're, so when when you're I, okay. trekking, go ahead. When I left... December and I think I drove home like mid-December last year and it took 36 hours to get home mm. and I, I stopped the truck for six hours total oh wow. my gosh yeah from the BC I was wasn't where we hunt I was in the mountains taking pictures and hiking and doing that thing and I drove from the BC border to South Carolina on like six hours of sleep uh like three days or something after like that. being worn out from just being up there for so long yeah, yeah. Every day, twice a day yeah. so what are you going to do this winter i know that you're not <laughs> running spec hunts during duck season down here but when you leave canada I'm, where where I'm are you going to do like jimmy buffett says and buy me a boat but i'm going to do it a little different heard that i'm gonna uh live in those arkansas duckwoods and yeah. finally get to stop hearing about it because like I, before i'd you know, you're out in the goose field, and your buddies call you, hey, man, how'd you do? Oh, I shot my specs. Oh, man, well, we shot an eight-limit of ducks in September. It's like, well, thanks for rubbing it in. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love my specs. They're yeah. fun. But I've never had the opportunity to, like, devote, you know, 60 days yeah. to, to do that. And That's I'm awesome. I'm really man. excited about that. I, I think one of my favorite things about you, Thomas, is at 36 years old, you have – crammed some experiences into your yeah, life they're, they're, <laughs> you, you gotta live i mean you gotta live i thought i was adventurous but i mean <laughs> you you flew to you flew to costa rica without a surfboard to surf yeah <laughs> i mean that's like the equivalent of flying to canada without a gun or, or a bag Fig- of decoys to figure, figure it out, out. You just figure it out <laughs> you know the fun thing about adventure though like that and and i've laughed about this with my dad because i've done not as many things as you've done, but I've done enough of those things that the one remaining thing that I like have discovered about that is it doesn't that if you you just I mean failure doesn't kill you. Like, no. Okay, so you no. if you go not try failing, something. You're not trying. But you know you go try something and like if it doesn't work out, it's not like you're dead. No, I mean unless you're home. swimming in shark infested <laughs> waters. Try it again. There's I mean, that. Uh, I'll say this: like an old man told me once, the world's a big place. He's not. I'm not going to live and die in the same corner I grew up in, and I took that to heart. And I that's did. pretty cool. And I mean, it is a big place, and there's still places I want to go and see. And it's probably sure. why, like, I'm still single with no kids and <laughs> and all that. That's. I mean, you, you know, know, that's still, okay. Still some selfishness in there. Give, so. give me your top three or four uh, 
bucket list places you want to see or things you want to do? Because I, I mean, with all that you've done, you got to have. I know you got kind of some targets of things you're trying to check off your list. I want to go to the Galapagos Islands. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be sick. Before that's they where shut, before they shut it down. That's where Charles Darwin, mm-hmm. old yep. Chuck. Yeah, yep. that's. I want to see that. Where is that in the world? It's geographically, the, it's in the Pacific. It's like Central South Pacific. Okay. Kind of. Um, let's see what else. When, when you say shut it down, are they talking about that? Well, that's such like a fragile ecosystem, and like tourism affects that place sure. drastically. And it, you know, it's like one of the. It needs to remain untouched. Otherwise, hmm. it's just the crazy stuff that happens there is not going to happen there anymore. Huh. Okay. That's a good answer. Um. Hmm. I like to, uh, and none of these are like surf. Uh, none of these are hunting destinations. Yeah, no, uh, no, that's why. That's why I'm, I mean, I, I want to drive from, I want to drive from tip to tip. I want to from Alaska to the tip of Patagonia. I, I want to do that before I die. That would be wow, unbelievable. Uh, be kind of sketchy, but I'd like to do that. What time of year are you gonna do that? Like June and July? Because <laughs> I, I, I guess it can't be during hunting season. <laughs> well, it might take you June to July. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're going to have to gonna have to be retired because I don't want to just drive through it. I want to stop. Yeah, yeah. that was going to be my follow-up question was how long are you planning on that taking you? Uh, I mean, you can't do that in two months. That's got to be like a year. Wow. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you're going to stop. You don't just want to blow through something. You want to soak it all in that's a great idea it'd be cool i appreciate how big you're thinking like i, I yeah, know man. people who are like oh i want to do the appalachian trail or oh i want to float in a canoe down or down the mississippi river you're like oh i want to you know transcontinent cross i mean that'd be unreal <laughs> what else i got one more bucket list thing oh man you can you give us two or three more i don't care but i mean that's a fascinating bucket list i figured you had some good ones in there I'd like to go see the Himalayas before I die. Okay. Not necessarily climb one of them, but I'd like to see the see the mountain. Is that in India? Nepal. Nepal? Yeah. Yep. That'd be cool. Like doing the base camp deal? Where yeah. Like- I mean, well, to summit one, like to go summit Everest is going to cost you like a hundred grand. Yeah, at least. Wow. Just with all the permits yeah. and paying everybody and flights. and. Yeah, I mean, it's not a cheap getting there, and then you got to feed yourself on top of the mountain, you know? Yep. But that trail, I have some friends who did that this year, where they like flew into Kathmandu and then they really? like they hiked the to the to Everest base camp. They, we have a good friend wow. named Harsh who's who's from Nepal, so he went with them and it was this really cool trip. It's definitely something you need to do. I'd love to do that. Now, Worth now, actually, now everybody is nerding out about <laughs> rock climbing. Listen, this is what happened. Listen, right? my friend Worth was wore the first pair of shin gear to Everest base camp. Well, that's. That's a first. Yeah, that's definitely a first. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that'll say never that, happen again. And say you could be number two, Thomas. You've got the rest of your life, I'm guessing. To be number two. I think those are those are really cool bucket list items. That would be fun. Anything else you can think of? I mean, those are hard. Those are, we'll just leave Those are pretty that. colossal. Those are pretty big. Okay. So, y'all, are, you, you got three more dates. Or one date, yeah, one one, day. one block of dates in September. Yep, that's I'd say that's a pretty colossal accomplishment. To man, we're super up. super fortunate 
uh, all things considered. Because if you think about it, this is really year three for us. Yeah. Because COVID, obviously, no one came up. Right. We weren't able to operate. And and, I, and last year, I mean, I'm sure if you were like other outfitters, you had customers and clients, but they not, couldn't come because not well, as many as as we were fortunate. We were actually really fortunate, but you know, with the vaccine and all that. Yeah, a lot of people just bailed on it. Yeah, and I respect that. I mean, I do. Yeah, I didn't particularly want to get it, but it's something I'd worked for my whole life, and I finally sure finally owned something up there. And well, you want to go up there and operate it. I so. didn't particularly want to get it either, but then I started thinking about all the other terrible things I've put in my body over the years, and thought, you know, I mean, I realistically, mean, they stick like twenty needles I mean, in you when you're born, right? Then. And I've made some bad decisions. I mean, not as many as other people, but I've made some bad decisions. It, you know, like, what's it worth to shoot a mallard duck? Oh, people pay oh, a lot I, of money to do that. Yeah, do a lot I of stupid it. things. I know, I know you've done some stupid stuff to do it. For sure. I mean, I think everyone in this car has done some dumb things <laughs> to shoot a mallard. And I'll so, continue to do it. Even trip. Right. Yeah. I mean. God, just think. <laughs> you got that to look forward to. I know it. Does that scare you? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I hear people say things like, oh, you know, you're going to pay for your raisin. I'm not really worried about, like, you know, dating relationships and drugs. And stuff. I'm worried about, like, yeah, so, Dad, be, uh, can I take great, the boat though. down to Argentina? You know, things like you're talking <laughs> exactly. about. It's like, eesh. Yeah. You know, he's going to be the one scouting for you. It'll be wonderful. It will be wonderful. I hope. I hope. A I hope whole I, man trip. Yeah. I hope I live long and see lots of those years. Me too. <laughs> so. Well, man, thank you for your time, and uh, we're looking oh, th- forward to Thanks for everything, man. Yeah, looking forward to hunting with you this fall. And, I'm, we're and, pumped about it. In, uh, in Canada. Hey, <laughs> two countries. I'm looking forward to hunting with yeah. you in Arkansas. Yeah, me too. Shoot, yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Thomas definitely won the grin game last year at the, in that last week of I mean, hard January. Not, hard not to smile. That was pretty that was awesome. Some pretty epic, <laughs> we epic shot some for sure. Yeah, yeah we that shot last some, week, y'all were on a tear. We shot some – we had – a good four or five day streak there on some yeah. fed ground at the end yeah. of the season with nobody around. And that was fun. Some good groups of people yeah. as well as really good groups of ducks. And man, that was fun. Thomas is like, he was at that point of being a waterfowl outfitter where he's completely and totally burned out and fried. And he was like, Oh wow, this is fun. <laughs> it's fun again. <laughs> yeah. I knew, I knew he was fired up with like the next couple times we, we met him at the, McDonald's, he was like bright eyed and bushy tailed. We're all dragging. He's Somehow like, found he's some like, energy. This is amazing. <laughs> a great thing about sh- uh, hunting with Thomas is he shows up with like a 64 ounce yes. jug of coffee and a bag full of biscuits. He's the only yep. person I've oh, ever yeah, met man. that can go toe to toe with me and drink coffee. <laughs> That's great. Well, best of luck this man, fall. Thank you. Y'all too. Uh, safe travels crossing the border and all the stuff that entails. And, um, don't kill them all before we get there. Save some of those we'll save a big couple. fat ones. We'll save a couple. <laughs> Let a few cross. <laughs> if you're looking for a great uh, waterfowl hunting experience in Canada, we would strongly recommend Thomas and Cole and Old Dog Outfitters. I'm sure everybody can find y'all on social media and YouTube, and all that internet, World Wide Web, all the yeah. all the places. And uh, the old Google machine. You won't be disappointed. There's not many waterfowl outfitters older than 30 with a degree. <laughs> that lived in Costa Rica. Sounds like a couple of them. <laughs> so, this is no 18-year-old kid who's just trying. Yeah, so We're, not we're still trying, but somehow <laughs> Got a pretty good way plan. Yeah. yeah. Well, proud of you guys, and we're honored to work with you and well, be friends. So, Likewise. All right, All right, buddy. We'll go get them.
Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. See you on the next one.